Alright everybody, welcome to the Safe for Brave podcast. In today's episode, I'll be hosting Pavel Kacela. Pavel is my long-time friend and we have actually invested uh, into the company that he's working on right now called Life Penalty. But he's coming from a movie industry, from visual effects, and he has uh, a lot of experience from working on the movies like Iron Man, Thor, and others. So it'll be a really interesting chat about how he transitioned his career from the movie production to building his own startup. So let's get to it. All right, Pavel, thank you so much for uh, joining the Safe for Brave podcast. It's a pleasure to to host you here, and uh, you haven't. It was not a long journey uh, for you, right? Because we that's share true. an office together. That's very uh, true. That's uh, that's very exciting, and uh, I wanted to say that I'm really happy that we partnered up on uh, your current project, Life Penalty. We'll definitely talk a lot more uh, a lot more about uh, Life Penalty uh, mm -hmm. in in the podcast because I would really like to dig deep into how you started with that and what was kind of the initial idea and how it progressed uh, since then and what in the end what it takes to entirely switch the industry and what you are doing. So that I'm really looking forward to. But I would like to start with basically. Uh, talking about uh, your background and uh, your experience in the in the visual effects okay. uh, in the movie space, and uh, what kind of was the path that uh, set you on? I would say a very successful career in uh, in the movie business uh, and in the visual as, uh, effects. Uh, you've been part of uh, Forbes 30 under 30. You've been uh, your work has been uh, nominated uh, for an Oscar multiple times uh if um, that's what people always say i would say that the team was i was part of the team yeah it was yeah, nominated yeah. for the oscars so. i uh, say, so. yeah that that's what i meant like and when you imagine a movie it's uh about the entire team yeah. of uh probably thousands of people yeah uh, thousands like definitely these days thousands of people working on one movie that's What happens now right? so what led you to kind of start the career in the visual effects uh, industry the, the funny thing is that i started when i was 15 years old i started as a dj it's a funny thing so i was djing in Pilsen, and i was actually 15 years old and i was playing music for 18 years plus and uh, you know music and uh graphics or visuals have always been connected so for me music and you know tv or, or, or video that's that's one thing so i started with music but then at some point uh iron man the first iron man movie um came to pilsen to the cinemas and I, for the first time i saw like robert downey jr you know suiting up the, the whole thing the segments it was a little a lot of technical things i totally loved it I run home and back then I was already, um, you know, um, playing with a lot of, you know, um, software that, that was kind of, I was building these 3D models home uh, on my computer and I decided that I'm going to build my own Iron Man suit. So I painted my parents' garage. Uh, I had my own green screen in my uh, parents' garage and I decided that I'm going to build my own Iron Man suit and that's how it all started. So spent like two years, uh, you know, learning how to do the basics in, in uh, 3D graphics. And at some point I left the school in, in Pilsen and decided to go to New York City and study a digital film academy. I had no money, no English. It was quite interesting. The beginning, um, tough years. 
how how did you decide that yeah. from Pilsen in the right. Czech Republic so, you'll move to New York, to New York City, yeah. no um, money? Uh, yeah, I mean, when you're like 19, you, you know, you kind of want to explore the world and uh, you're a bit more, you know, you're just way, way more crazier than when you're 30. <laughs> That's what I can say now. Uh, so I was not doing well at school. Uh, I was studying uh, architecture in Prague, uh, sorry, not Prague, Pilsen. Uh, didn't it didn't really work well uh, I was in war with my parents it looked like I'm not gonna be a great in it um, and you know because my sister uh, lived already abroad I decided that I want to try too and again Iron Man Hollywood so one day I came home and I kind of announced that I'm gonna work on Hollywood movies and uh, My parents didn't believe it, but um, I actually called my friends and started asking who could borrow money for me. And there was one guy who believed in me and then actually he went to a bank and we asked for a loan, $10,000, and we got it. So, and then he was paying for like five years after it took us a while to pay that, that loan. But um, I had the money. Um, I had to convince my sister to help me with uh, all the paperwork and, and everything because, again, I didn't speak English back then. Uh, because this this whole story, like we had only one teacher in our village, German teacher, so no English at school. Um, yeah, and uh, I decided that I'm gonna you know change my life, go to New York City, and then for any cause and, and you know see if I can really make it to Hollywood one day. Where was your sister living at that time? Was she in the U.S. She, as well, or she if was? If I'm not wrong, she was in Australia. Okay, she was in in Melbourne, uh, but she, at that time she was also moving to to um, North Carolina. The US. So I think that when I started, you know, talking to her, she was in Melbourne, and then she moved to to US. So, um, but it was insane. I mean, she, you know, the day before, I, the first thing I thought that, you know, I opened the book like an English book uh, one month before I go, and everything's going to be fine, and I'm going to learn how to speak English. Didn't happen. Uh, then my sister literally texted me the day before. I, you know, I'm. I went to the airport uh, where I'm gonna stay because she found some Polish guy who used to drive trucks or some kind of cars. And she uh, convinced him that uh, I could stay with him because back then, like 2009, like the Airbnb and these kind of these kind of yeah, services, not, they were not did there. Did not exist. Exactly. No. No. Nothing. Even like a internet connection in your phone. Like I, I had some kind of internet connection but didn't work uh, well no iPhones like yeah sure in in, in New York City yes but uh, I had a Windows phone and it didn't work it was terrible terrible um, days so yeah it was it was super challenging uh, remember arriving at the JFK in New York uh, 19 years old I had all the papers and the first thing that I said there I had one sentence ready, right? I don't, I don't speak, I, sp I speak only a little English or something like that at the airport, right? Uh -huh. And he said something like, hey, don't worry about it, me too, something like that. And I totally, <laughs> you know, I was like frozen and he saw that something was wrong and then I had to go through the whole process. When you're 19, you're going to the United States alone, that's a little bit suspicious. Yeah. But I had the papers from the school and, you know, then, then the address where I'm going to stay and you know a little bit of money so everything worked out yeah at the end um 
but it was a, it was a pain the, the first couple of months. Yeah, when I, I wanted to ask, what was it like when you arrived, uh, knowing very little English, and uh, being in like a new country? It took me city. an hour. I was literally walking around the school. It took me an hour to really go there and ask, you know, at the reception uh, where to go because. I just, I was so shy and I was so scared that some, they're going to ask me something and I'm not going to be able to reply. So I was walking around the building for an hour and, and it was kind of, you know, getting ready for the, for the big thing. Um, but eventually I, 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 you know, I went there and um, they put me into some room and then somebody came with like, you know, a few papers and they were expecting that I'm going to fill the papers. But what happened is that I just signed it. I had no idea what they're asking. They're like, you know, all these questions, like, why are you joining this school and blah, blah, blah. And I remember then the director actually came and he was telling me something. I have no idea what. And then he, he invited me into his office and we were sitting there. And I was just giving him the money because I had cash. And he was like, I can't accept cash. But I had an envelope with cash and he couldn't accept it so there was a whole thing and then some people I, I don't know they were talking to me I had no I had no idea so at some point they took the cash they put me into a class and I started what was the point that you felt like it it uh, the, the the break point that like you felt okay now I'm actually feeling a little That's more comfortable took years I must say it took years even the first job that I got from Disney in London I you know I remember the first day I was just saying, okay, no problem. Okay. They were so happy that I understand everything. <laughs> I, had, I had no clue. I, I didn't know anything about the software. I was just, I, I joined the company. And again, there is this first day when they introduce you to everything, the software, the way how the company work us. And I was just there saying, okay, no problem. That was the, that was the general line. But um, eventually you have to you know, have to work and, and find your way. So how how long have you been at the film academy in, in New York? Yeah, it was just a couple of months. I didn't just have I didn't have you know money uh, to to spend a couple of years there. So it was mm -hmm. a couple of months. I, at the end, I got a certificate, like an animation certificate. So I had some paper. It was kind of the goal to, to get some kind of paper. And then uh, came back to Prague. Um, I felt like I owned the world. Coming from New York City back to Czech Republic, <laughs> that's big, right? I mean, at least that's 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 what I thought. Um, and uh, then I went actually to Prague. I was here and worked near um, this place, actually, Carlin, um, for a couple of months. But again, I didn't enjoy working on uh, commercials with, uh, you know, um, the cars and, and these kind of things that was not my thing i always wanted to work for movies um so after some time in prague i decided to move back to to pilsen and i locked myself in my parents garage again with a computer for six months and after six months i had a i had a demo reel which is kind of the portfolio of your work uh that i send around the world um there is this whole story i lost everything too because the, the garage doesn't have a it's, it's you were robbed no no not exactly but you know when there is a lot of snow in our garden yeah and then the the snow melts in the spring yeah. all the water goes to the garage so i came one day and the flooded like, yeah totally and the computer was underwater and i thought i'm, I, I'm gonna lose everything so but i saved some data i sent it around the world and um huge surprise to the, to the people from uh disney called me um and again the way how i did the interview man i called my um uh, 
I called my sister and I asked, we prepare, we prepare four A4 papers with possible answers. So I was just reading answers. So it's just like, I didn't know what they were asking. I was just reading answers. And every time when I didn't know what to say, I said, bad signal. <laughs> I, I don't know, bad signal. Um, so I didn't even know how the interview went because, you know, it's like, I didn't know what, what, what they were saying. I was just reading things, but they offered me a job there because the portfolio, they liked the portfolio. Yeah. So that's how it all started in London. So I was lucky too, because the reason why I got the job was because I was specializing in something what was really popular in 2009, which is stereoscopy. The first wave avatar. Mm-hmm. Right, the first 3D movie in a cinema, big thing, huge technology, innovation. So, uh, so huge uh, demand, but nobody really know, you know, how to do it. Right, so that's kind of the perfect scenario where you want to be. Um, so, uh, and I, I had a, I, my portfolio was based on stereoscopy. So I send it. They believe that I'm a professional, and that's why I got the offer. But the real thing was that I learned everything there, <laughs> in London. To... Seems like you had to pick up everything pretty fast. Uh, you, you, you have to to be able to, to adjust, to satisfy the needs of the job. Well, that's that's a great thing when you're 20. You really you really want to achieve something, right? There, like there's just a goal, and you go after it. And it's about the dedication and the time that you wanted to invest into it. Sure. I mean, again, um, I think that what really helped me is coming from some super small village where we didn't have much. I was working on fields, driving tractors and, and doing these kind of things. So and because we never had anything, suddenly, you know, this open world and Internet, suddenly everything, you know, seemed to be uh, reachable, you know, so that that helped a lot. So um you know, I'm pretty goal oriented guys. So, so once I have something, once I have the carrot, uh, I just go after it. So, um, so it was London, then it was Singapore. Yeah, no, I started in London. Uh, I spent over a year or two there. I worked on John Carter of Mars, then Total Recall, new one. Um, and then I was supposed to go to Vancouver to work on Men of Steel, uh, mm-hmm. DC. And back then I was crazy about Warner Brothers. So I really wanted to work for DC and, and Men of Steel, new Superman movie. I got a contract. It was amazing. I moved back to Czech Republic. I was waiting for my flight to Vancouver. And the day before uh, I was supposed to fly, they called me and said, hey, sorry, the, the, the whole thing, they, they canceled the whole segments. We don't have a con- work for you. And then I was on the verge. I, I really wanted to leave London. I wanted to experience something else. And uh, so I applied around the world and I got two job offers. One to work on a movie called Iron Man <laughs> in Munich, Iron Man 3. And the other one was in Australia. And I was really cross because Iron Man was the movie that I wanted to work on. But I really wanted to experience the different Since part of the world. Since you were doing your own suit, right? Exactly. Exactly. But it was in Munich, right? Germany. I really wanted to go to America or, or Australia. So... Then I got another offer from Australia to work on some dinosaur, you know, movie for kids, mm-hmm. but it was in Sydney. So that was really tempting. Uh, but uh, again, you know, I asked myself, what is, the, what is the goal? And that was always to work for Lucasfilm, which is like the leading visual effects house in the world. And I knew that Iron Man will help me to, to, to get the job there. The, the funny thing about Iron Man is when I joined the show, Iron Man 3 was the, if I'm not wrong, the first movie that came after Avengers. And Avengers was the very first movie where they really used this strong humor. Now we want to, now when we watch the Marvel movies, we are always like, 
it's really funny and that's why we watch it you know it's, yeah. it's a funny movie it's it's simple it's easy it's mainstream but we like it it's and because of the, the because of the humor but back then you know iron man the first iron man that's not a funny movie second iron man it's not a funny movie i mean they're like just a few jokes but they're it's not based on the jokes but on avengers they realize that it's better to make fun of a guy who has a hammer and is flying because it's people won't believe it's real yeah and it was a smart move and when i was working on iron man 3 some of the sequences looked terrible I, I i was like what the hell is this like you know iron man is like make he's making fun of his, himself and it's really weird and this this, is, this will never work but then they released the movie and it was one of the, the the most successful movies in box office ever it was the fourth one i believe so huge success and that started this whole marvel craziness mm-hmm. So I was very lucky um, that I was a part of this team and this team got the first nomination for the Oscars uh, in the visual effects category. And then then it really started, like, because of this movie, I got another one, Captain America 2. Uh, then another one, we worked on Ant-Man, we worked on... Uh, then I got another job offer from London, where I worked on the second tour, which was huge then. You know, I, st- I basically started collecting uh, Marvel movies. And at some point, Lucasfilm called me from Singapore. And they said, like, hey, by the way, I mean, we're working on the second Avengers. Just like the, the biggest Marvel movie now. And you have a great portfolio. We would like to, you know, uh, offer you a job. And um, yeah, I didn't, you know, I didn't think a second about it. I totally accepted it and moved to Singapore. And how, how long have you stayed in uh, Singapore and... What was what was it like to to live there? It's awesome. Singapore is still one of the best uh, places that I've ever seen. I I like I love it. And um, the only thing that that you know it's it's a, it's Asia, right? So so uh, it's a different culture. I love it there. I love. I mean, I love. It's it's a perfect city for me. But um, the weather first challenge. It's crazy humid. You know that, mm-hmm. and it's hot. Uh, AF. It's it's crazy. It's really hot. Uh, but you know the, the the culture is different so when you surround yourself with with the people from europe or america it's amazing you can have a wild time there and we had <laughs> was the best year of my life because all the money that we we you know uh, earned we spent in bali and you're really you know you're 25 you're earning a huge amount of money and you're surrounded by other people that are 25 and want to do crazy you know stuff you know so we and we've done a lot so I wish I would save more money from, you know, <laughs> the time there, but that didn't happen. Um, yeah. It's more about the experience. Yeah, yeah it was it so. was great. It was awesome. Seems like it was worth it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, great team, uh, great people, um, a lot of fun. Singapore is amazing. But uh, yeah, I spent um, over a year there and I had a girlfriend there, so I was coming back for months and months. So, you know, every time when I think about it, I'm like... I feel like I spent there almost three years, but for Lucasfilm, I worked for a year. I got another job offer from them, but I didn't accept it. And I decided that I'm going to move back to Prague and start with Honza Rambosek, um, Unique Limited, today known as Automobilist. Um, but it didn't work well because I was not a big uh, fan of um, the cars. And originally, I thought that one day we're going to be basically creating 3D posters for Marvel. So I, I really believe that we can like kind of create a company that would create yeah. super fine posters, but even for movies. But at some point, again, the, the whole Disney... And I, I, had the, I actually hit the same problem later with, with the projects that we do now. 
that working with Disney is extremely hard because the hierarchy, it's the, it's a massive company. It's like, you know, even the people that, that you call vice presidents and then, you know, super top level managers, it's a, such a huge structure. So they can't just go and do something like this. They need to talk to other people and it's, it's a, it's a huge process. So yeah. So after six months in Prague, I realized that, that, you know, cars, are not something what would excite me and i moved to the united states so for the last three months not three months three over three years i lived in california and what, what were you doing in in california uh, partially still i worked for the the visual effects but i moved more from the visual effects to to their marketing and social media and and, and you know just these kind of things like part-time jobs i did a, i actually work you know what this is interesting i worked even for a couple of months for a, a company in hollywood and we were editing trailers and we worked even for apple which was quite a interesting experience just just the calls to apple you need to go through like so many security levels yeah. till you reach somebody um so we worked on you know, a carpool karaoke when uh, apple bought carpool karaoke i was i was there to to create one of their commercials and i was helping them uh, with it um so i was editing trailers but again it it wasn't exactly what i wanted to do i really needed to kind of get the the creative freedom which which came later so i focused everything of what i had on on creating the other projects it was around the year 2017 when even earlier yeah two, like, 216 to 217 yeah we when, when you started smash buster yeah we started smash buster in january 217 yeah which is gonna be it, uh, what was what was the what was the idea behind starting smash buster again it started quite funny so i flew to atlanta in 215 or 16 probably 16 beginning of 216 to visit the set of guardians of the galaxy so they were shooting Guardians of the Galaxy in Atlanta and one of the visual effects supervisors invited me on set. So I went there, I spent some time on set and I saw this little character called Baby Groot, which is one of the you know, famous Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy characters. And it was extremely cute. And back then I was like, why don't we create like a, a you know, organic campaign for Marvel's uh, social media, something would would fly, right? Because I saw the, the, the impact of the viral videos that was crazy, right? So one, one guy with a camera can create something that reaches millions of people. And, and suddenly I saw this super cute baby Groot character. So I knew that th this is going to be huge, right? Everybody's going to be talking about it. So why don't we take it and create something for Marvel uh, that would promote the movie and the premiere um, without them spending money on it? Um, so I started thinking how we could do it. And we'd done a couple of... Um, couple of versions I even called uh, Matej Hrupáček, the Czech director, and we were thinking about some concepts, but that didn't work well. And then I called Lukáš Weberka, which is our, now our creative director at Smishbuster. And he started producing some, um, I mean, he had some crazy great ideas. And the, it's the way how we work. He has like 100 ideas. He has plenty of uh, these. He has That's plenty sure. of ideas. They're like 90% of it, you need to remove it. But then the 3% <laughs> pure gold. And that's how we work together. Um, and he had a couple of great ideas. And at, at, at some point we were like, hey, you know, let's make a, a physical car uh, with the Baby Groot animatronic. So like a puppet, Baby yeah. Groot puppet. Uh, let's put a 360 camera on it because <coughs> Facebook just introduced the live 360 video on their social network. 
Let's connect it so people can actually control this car on Hollywood Boulevard uh, during the the premiere, uh, the red carpet premiere of Guardians of the Galaxy, and they can go and drive it and then hit somebody like Vin Diesel, and they can interact with the stars live. But so the idea was to experience the the red carpet premiere of Guardians of the Galaxy from the baby Groot's point of view, kind of. Yeah, that's what that was the goal. And for months, I was sending emails to Marvel. We were showing them the concepts and everything. And and again, the hierarchy, right? So yeah, we love it. It's amazing. But, uh, you know, number one reason. Number two, and it's, it's not going to work. And a week before the premiere, uh, I sent them a short uh, GIF video. We had the car, but we had we basically finished only half of the car. And we had the, the car somewhere here in Prague and the guys shooted this video only from one side. I sent it to Marvel and they were like, holy shit, that's amazing. It's, we want to see it. Can you bring it to, to Marvel on Monday? And that was like a week before the premiere. And I was like, sure, no problem. So I called Mathieu and I was like, hey, in like 48 hours, baby group with you, you know, you both have to be in LA. And he's like, it's not ready. It's like, we're not, not even close. And I was like, don't sleep, don't, don't eat, don't go to the restroom, finish it, bring it. This is the only chance we can show it tomorrow. He, we transported the baby group there. We went there for a meeting, but they kept pushing the meeting. So we, we came to uh, Walt Disney in the morning. We parked my car there. We had the baby group in, the, in, the, in my car. Uh, there's a reason why I'm saying it, and uh, we spend the whole day wait, waiting there for. for oh, I, I know that. I know that experience uh, that uh, you keep waiting. You and keep waiting, waiting for waiting. seven hours. We waited for seven hours, which was insane. And and at some point they were like, "Okay, now we're ready. Let's go. Let's do it." We opened the trunk of my car, and it's California. When you leave your car on the you know direct sun, it's quite hot inside, and because the the puppet was made of uh, you know silicon and real wood and glue. It was a disaster. I opened the car and the the, the, the you know the, the remote control car was completely damaged, like big time because of the heat. It's like melted. Yeah, I melted completely. Like I saw like a glue dripping out of the car. You know, the battery is like totally gone. Um, and you were there with all the other people in front of the car. No, no, no. Well, no, no, not exactly. But they called me. They were like, "We're ready." So we went for the car. We wanted to take it and yeah. go to Walt Disney. And suddenly you have this thing. Sure. So you don't want that. And uh, you know, I uh, think Mati was almost crying there and I was bouncing my head. Uh, you know, um, it was crazy, crazy time because you, you finally get the show. After months and months, you, you know, you get wait, a chance you're, you're waiting to... for this, this moment and then everything is gone. And uh, but at some point they texted me again. They said like, hey, the press is still here. We're doing the media because it was three days before the premiere. And can you bring it tomorrow? Okay, so we run to the nearest Home Depot. We bought uh, moss and, and plants and flowers and we completely redesigned the whole thing overnight. And in the morning we were ready for another meeting, but they called me again as they said that there are some licensing issues. So they're not going to be able to do it. So that's the, that's, that was so the They just purpose. dropped it entirely. Completely. So we decided, okay, that's not going to happen. Let's just put the car on Hollywood Boulevard and see what, what, if people like it. And in the first, so we created a short video. Uh, we were playing with kids on Hollywood Boulevard. The reactions were amazing. And um, in the first three weeks, we reached like six, seven million views, um, which was quite impressive on the page with zero followers. 
So it went viral, especially in, in South America. People loved it. They, they, they all wanted to buy it. They all thought that this is a toy that you can buy somewhere. So we received so many messages like, hey, I'm going to pay that amount of money if you sell it to me. And But it wasn't like a, it wasn't a toy that you could buy and kids could play with it. There's this like curiosity of the kids. They want to see something shocking, something wow, right? So TikTok right now, if you want to advertise on TikTok, I think that there are certain tricks. Um, it's interesting. I, I just like exploring it and learning about uh, how the kids uh, kind of work with the content these days. It's really interesting. It's interesting to see how it's shifting and mm -hmm. how basically it gets to younger and younger and yeah. younger generation, right? When you look at what the demographics yeah. uh, of Facebook was mm -hmm. when it entered the market uh, right. uh, with uh, college students mm -hmm. and, and basically penetrated that segment and yep. then from there yeah, yeah. expanded on both ends younger and older yeah, yeah. uh generation then with instagram mm -hmm. that i believe attracted even even younger demographics mm -hmm. than that mm -hmm. now towards tiktok yeah. uh going yeah. after the very very young audience yeah uh, um it's going to be really interesting to see what's going to happen in, you, in the future uh, because uh, you, you're totally right. I mean, but right now there's a huge, uh, you know, like there's a new wave of people installing uh, TikTok in there between 20 and 30 because suddenly the kids are there. And, and I did install that and, too. And because we're all amazed by the numbers, right? You post something, you know, hey, I'm eating a lunch. Oh, it got half a million. <laughs> Try to post the same video on YouTube. And, yeah. and you will be really lucky to have 10 views, yeah. you know. So, um, and and everybody wants to, to see, the, you know, that's the, all these social networks are based on likes and the interactions with the other people. So obviously if you get somewhere half of a million impressions, yeah, that's a big thing for you. And that, that motivates you, you to do more. Exactly. Yeah. And you have you have kind of the feeling that uh, okay I'm doing it and someone actually exactly. engages with mm -hmm. the content so mm -hmm. I would do more right mm -hmm. if uh, no one really cares and uh, no no one is no one is engaging with the content I think exactly. it's it's hard to keep up and uh, yep. produce something and also means that like it's probably uh, not worth uh, much but that's why probably the the big that's why the big YouTubers like they weren't I just noticed that the PewDiePie announced I don't know if it's real or not but he announced that he's gonna take a break for a year from YouTube and you know there are a lot of like uh, issues with that on the big platforms such as YouTube right because they're keep changing the algorithms the ways yeah. how they communicate with their with their creators TikTok is a new green you know land like it's like everybody wants to be there because of the numbers and the reach and it's interesting to see what was happening in the digital world. So are you planning to be more active on TikTok? Uh, great question. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know if this is the target audience that we need for our projects at the moment. At the same time, it is impressive. No question about it. It is really impressive. And I think it makes sense to be there and see where this platform will go. I get like 100 followers per day now. I'm not doing anything because of your video. It's <laughs> great. It's great. I'm I'm happy for you. It's insane. It's I insane. for me, I like I would love to try it, but also like I feel like when I see the content that oh, is yeah. there, oh, I, I I can't really 
relate to producing this content uh, myself and like it's the new ba- Tinder backing it. It's like TikTok is the new Tinder. Like when I open the feed, 90% are just girls that are like 12, 15 years old and they are dancing in these like crazy outfits and they're trying to kind of promote themselves because they like they like the the huge audience again right they like of course the likes and the the feedback from people from guys so it's a twisted word maybe you know the kids shouldn't be able to install such apps i don't know i don't know it's a huge topic i guess so you talk about the baby Groot uh uh vehicle Mm uh and the spider-man drummer Mm -hmm. as kind of like the two projects where you were trying to connect the like the digital with with something real Mm -hmm. and it led you into uh something that you are doing right now yes uh a longer story is that we created many more concepts but at some point for for tour and the other projects but at some point we were like hey this is not going anywhere it's just we can't convince them because of the background. They were always like looking at us, hey, the, the guys from the visual effects, they're doing some weird marketing things and nobody knew how to, where to put us. Uh, so after a couple of months, we decided that we're going to activate our other contra- uh, contacts. And I realized that I worked for Nivea Man, which is uh, one of the main sponsors of uh, soccer club, of football clubs, such as Real Madrid, Liverpool, Paris, um, AC Milan. And we were like, soccer is massive, or football is massive. Um, would make sense to, to 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 connect our technology or whatever we developed with soccer. So it was the very first idea was that people will be able over social media to interact with their favorite goalkeeper by controlling a machine that we're gonna make that is shooting balls against the goalkeeper. That was the first idea. So in the first concept, instead of like this crazy, you know, um, system that we have now for the elimination, we had uh, emojis in the goal. So you would be just posting emojis. And we talked to Real Madrid and Nivea, and we wanted to do with them a 15-minute sessions after each training where people can connect over their social networks, over the Real Madrid Facebook page and, and shoot against the goalkeeper. Um, they liked it, but there was, again, some, first of all, no history, no proven history. Second, the contracts between Nivea and Real Madrid are so complicated. They can use only, they can use five players, but they can't use only one, you know, for their commercial stuff. And it's, it's I just couldn't crack that, the whole thing. So at some point we decided to move and create our own thing. And, and we were thinking about mobile app development. So I took the whole concept, we created a concept video and I met David Semarat, the other co-founder of STRV in LA, actually, I remember that. And I showed him what I have and he's like, hey, I like it. I want to help with it. Um, and he was actually the very first supporter, basically. Um, and we started talking about the possible STRV development of the game, um, but we didn't really gets i don't know it's, it's it was at the time when we were still you know we were defining what the game should really be yeah. and it took us a lot of time way more than we we thought um and then you came <laughs> out of the blue so david david called me and he was like hey you know i have this other co-founder and you know if you know if you want to build an app with our company he should be the one who you should talk to uh so we met up in, in la and i shared a concept with you and uh yeah surprisingly you got me excited 
you said, okay, let's, let's talk about it more. And uh, it took us some time before we started development. It took us a good year to kind of yeah. flesh things out to make sure that we know what, what we are doing. Uh, but I think even important was that we got the, the we got selected by the lead accelerator in, in Berlin because uh, at the at the beginning of this year I moved to San Francisco. Uh, I wanted to work more with the tech people and the people from there. And we actually one of our contacts, Rosmik, uh, uh, told us, "Hey, try one of these sport tech accelerators because." They will connect you with the teams and with everything what you need. So we applied for a couple and these guys called us right away and said, hey, we like what you're doing. And and we got selected from 2000 startups that applied at the beginning. We, we made it all the way to, to top seven and we accepted the deal with them um, and we joined their program for three months in Berlin. That was that was quite interesting. Um, and that obviously once we announced that, I, I totally understand that from you, even from the other companies taking care of the stage uh everything started to seem more believable realistic obviously because it's not just a concept idea it's a suddenly vision for a product yeah yeah so um that helped a lot um you invested uh they invested we invested we have been investing since the beginning and uh <laughs> <laughs> it's not stopping uh but uh now we have something really exciting for next year can't wait to, to start sharing it with the people i have to say that i'm i'm really happy to be part of this and uh for me this is really bringing something new to the market an experience that was not there before mm -hmm. right playing digital but engaging something in real life yep. and combining the two elements mm -hmm. uh, I see a tremendous uh, opportunity there mm -hmm. and like I would I would love if you if you talk about uh, how uh, you shaped the idea and what it is currently so right. everyone can like relate so, we will we will be launching it soon yeah we can say that um, and uh, like if you could talk about uh yeah. some specifics of where we are at with life penalty these days so again when we started the, the idea was quite simple that we're gonna have a simple like a carousel so we're gonna be randomly choosing people from the facebook live chat and who will get the opportunity to, to shoot against the goalkeeper but then at the end, uh, it wasn't as engaging as we wanted because we want to involve everybody, right? Everybody has to have the same opportunity to, to be the, 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 the guy who's shooting the ball. So then we started working on something what we call the elimination game, which is this, this took us a, a long, lot of time to just figure out how one million people can control one soccer ball. So we have our own system that we that's, call the That's a lot game. of people on one ball. That's a lot of people on one ball and you need to figure out how to how to make from one million the one lucky guy and it must be fair. It's like people must understand why somebody else is going to the next round or why you're going to the next one. And that's a huge challenge for us. So we've been focusing on that for, for now, I'm going to say years, basically. And actually, a lot of I receive a lot of uh, messages even from other you know, founders and people who are trying to connect the digital and real, and they're always asking about that because they, they, they're going through the same trouble. But especially Lukash had a couple of super smart ideas that we implemented and we tested it a couple. And uh, now we, I think we have a solid system that still needs some, you know, um, adjustments, but we're, I think we're on a good way to, to figure out how to, how really 1 million people can control one soccer ball at the uh, same time. Yeah. And I think it's a great experience to see 
this company moving forward and experiencing all different uh, scenarios that can happen. Uh, because if you look back at uh, uh, the uh, basically public beta mm. uh, day that we did, we, we also learned something new yeah, yeah. Uh, when the machine basically in the second round uh <laughs> broke down by the it's ball insane, that right? was uh so we announced this this better day we we invited people from manchester city from Wolfsburg, all the contacts that we had like everybody like people from california right everybody that we knew and are important and first round amazing right we started the game the people were trying Boom. to figure out how to play it and the second round what happened is that the goalkeeper bounced the, the ball back right into the machine between these two crazy spinning, you know, wheels, wheels yeah. and it totally damaged the whole thing. And we had to stop the better day. It was, it was a huge fuck up. I mean, I, it took us like another 30 minutes. We tried to connect the stage with our first generation machine. Didn't work. It was such a failure, but, uh, you know, again, you don't want to, you want, you don't want to experience that when you connect when you invite the people, especially from Manchester City, yeah. I feel so bad about that. But um, yeah, it's a part of the learning process. So, But earlier we... that day, we actually yeah, we ran a, media, you know, a very press. successful press yeah. event. Yeah, and everything worked. It was amazing. It was great. And and again, we, we you know, we, we, again, we used the machine a thousand times. It never happened. Not even close. Yeah. And now yeah. there is this small hole and, and the goalkeeper, what? when he bounced it, he hit this small hole. At least we now know what needs Marfis to be... Law. What, <laughs> what needs to be improved and really, really yeah, be ready we'll, for next sure. time. So this is maybe something what we didn't mention. So... There is a huge like a development on the technology side from STRW because having like a million people on one stage at the same time is technologically super uh, difficult. Maybe you can say more about it. And our the other thing is the, the physical thing. So we have our own machine. We developed the whole stage and everything is we built the technology from scratch yeah. because yeah. the available technology in market didn't well, fit. But that's that's why I like the project because technologically it's challenging mm -hmm. uh, and it's something new. Mm -hmm. So. This is kind of the the things that we want to engage on at, at STRV. So that that's why it really resonated uh, with me when when you came for the first time and explained what what the idea is and like also as David was really yeah. excited about that kind of made it very easy. But uh, yeah, it took us some time to to figure things out. That's how it is. And um, I'm 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 very much looking forward to. Uh, yeah, basically uh, shipping it uh, live and seeing it in production and running uh, events. Uh. Yeah, there are so many opportunities, right? I mean, we have, we obviously like right now we're planning it. We're going to have a travel cave and tr travel with it around the world. So you can literally be in Prague and play somewhere in Singapore on the soccer pitch and, and you know, interact with the places that you couldn't reach physically. And obviously we want to explore other sports. So if this this... You know, the thing is that we, I think we all here and even the, the people that we meet, they believe that, that the world is generally going into this multiplier digital reel. So they're the kind of, you know, like right now we're starting again. Now, now we're trying to figure out how to live in the digital world, right? But yeah. I believe that the curve will kind of go back one one day and it's going to be really soon. And then people will be again interacting more. I want to, I want to live a real life. That's yeah, sure. <laughs> But you want to use like, all the te digital you, technologies you, you wanna to make it easier. You want to combine better. the two. I think that's. Uh, um, so. And you will see. You will see 
both of the ends, right? Oh, yeah, you definitely. see people spending oh, yeah. countless number mm. of hours in virtual reality. Uh, yeah. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Like when I watch some of the episodes sure. of Black Mirror. <laughs> it's scary. Makes me scared. That's this you know, that's the thing that, that we were really going against the mainstream by you know, when you play FIFA, the you're playing against, for example, uh, I don't know, Peter Cech, but it, it's just a digital avatar. It's not the real Peter Cech, but what we want to give you is the experience against the real Peter Cech. The real one. The real one, yeah. Um so we want to celebrate and and then you know, like the, the real human talent. Uh oh. So that's. I hope that he will be listening to this podcast and he can reach to out to us. And uh, I've been trying to get this guy for some time, and yeah. I'll be continuing next week. So if you're listening, please. Yeah, and if there is anyone an who can help us to get in touch with him, please That'll do. Awesome. Please do. I uh, would love to have him uh, as part of one of uh, the events. The part of the team. Part of the team, also. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. a there's a huge potential in that. Hundred percent. One thing that that you mentioned that was uh, that was really i interesting is that like when you do something and you realize that it's not uh, it's not something that uh, is part of your vision. Mm. When you were talking about uh, doing the posters, mm. like you are not a big uh, uh, fan of cars, right? Uh, you need to cut it as soon as possible. It's um, and most people they don't do it as. Uh, quickly as they should that's what i learned it's really hard for them it's this this you know comfortable zone that you build around yourself and like saying no and changing people don't like change in general it's they're really some of the people are afraid of change like a majority of people i would say um but i believe that if you cut it right in the beginning um that's the way to go that's at least my own personal experience like we're all different but yeah and it might seem like life penalty is a long-term soccer business, but I know that you are not the biggest fan of soccer yeah. overall. And I wouldn't say the biggest fan. It's just um, I totally I have a huge respect for the industry and for what what soccer represents and how soccer connects the world. Four billion people around the world, amazing. That's that's huge. That's not a small thing. It's like. You know, like Africa is booming right now. The, the fans there and everybody wants to do business in Africa. Soccer is the, the, the universal language. Like, you know, the, the, the youngest, the, the poorest kids, they play soccer because that's the that's cheap thing. They can do it and they can interact with other kids. So I have a huge respect for that. I'm not a hardcore uh, football fan, but you know what? Here's the, the truth. I was not even a huge Marvel fan when I joined the first movies. But over time, I developed a relationship with it. And that's something what is happening with football for me now, because we're creating this, this thing. And, and again, we are planning to do cricket and other sports. And I believe that if it works well, I'm going to connect myself with other industries too. And um, I'm, I can love it, but I need some time. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's what I meant, that uh, the you need, vision. You need to be a friend at the beginning if yeah. you really want to have a great relationship. You know, that's kind of... Do you also see. translate that to your personal <laughs> life? Yeah, kind of. I mean, I, you know, I was talking to, to my current girlfriend for nine years and uh, now we're okay. together. So, okay. it's kind so of the there, same. There, is, there is clearly something on that. <laughs> it is, yeah, it I, is. I understand. Um, you, you did uh, an interview <laughs> 10 years ago mm -hmm. and you mentioned in the, the interview that basically the biggest... Uh, achievement uh, huh. for you at that time was doing that interview <laughs> 10 years that's later what I said? that's what i said yeah 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 
Okay. Ten years later, when you look back at the past ten years of uh, your career, mm-hmm. is this podcast also like a, <laughs> again an assurance of uh, you having a good career? This is definitely <laughs> the biggest <laughs> achievement today. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, sure. I didn't even. I, really, that's what I said. That's the yeah, like that, that the biggest achievement of my life. I think you meant that you were heading the right direction, oh, okay. and that if someone is interested uh, in actually your story. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I that, that. Okay, uh, okay. okay. So that now, means now that I know what you mean. You had game. you had a successful career, and ten years later, I'm interested, and uh, I wanted to host you on on the Save or Brave podcast. Thank you for that. So uh, yeah, I think that uh, you are still on the on the right track. Yeah, this is gonna be such a cliche, but like life is really interesting, right? So you're, you're again, you're following one carrot, and when once some point you switch, and you, there's another one, and you keep going, keep creating stuff. It's um, I'm always amazed at that. Uh, you know, that's I'm gonna even I'm gonna leave this topic, but it's it's, it's quite impressive to see uh, how much you can do where you really wanna just do things. Just general. I mean, look at yourself. Like this, this we're sitting. I'm gonna do a little, <laughs> little bit. We're sitting in amazing offices in Carlin. This place is really well done. You pay a lot of attention. Details. I, I'm shocked. Like these offices, in many ways, are better than the ones that we had at Lucasfilm. In terms of how you like, what do you provide to to their to your employees? Um, uh, so that's quite impressive. For I appreciate that. Thank Thank and, you so much. Uh, and- I'm serious. So, uh, and again, right? You were just again. You have your carrot, and you wanted to. You wanted to get things done, and that's what you do. So, uh, where, what what do you see in the next ten years um, uh, of uh, Pavel Katsela? Again, I think right now we're focusing on this digital real thing, and I think that's going to keep me busy for some time uh, because I hope so. Hopefully, we one day we're going to leave the entertainment industry. And use the same technologies to actually have some real impact on people because uh, we already have a couple of concepts, you know, about it where we're not doing soccer, we're not doing entertainment, but we actually have a concepts where we could use the same technology, multiplier, and then uh, help the environment and other things. So the million people can have an impact on one specific location. Um, again, it doesn't have to be necessarily entertainment. What makes you to drive towards the goal? What kind of uh makes you passionate about something and like out of all the other projects that you have in your i love yeah i i some i'm somehow learning is the 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 you know the the thing that is feeding me every day like the new things that you can learn so much about like so many different areas that's that was the main reason why i left the visual effects i felt like i reached a certain level and the, the learning process is so slow because i was i kept doing the same thing it was amazing like looking at Iron Man every day but it, I mean I wasn't learning I was just processing things so and and now like being an entrepreneur and then all the pressure taking care of the salaries of your people and raising money and and the pressure of being successful or not and you know everything and then uh, there are some other personal things that I'm going through too so this whole thing is a huge learning process that, that that's the reason why I wake up in the morning was it was it difficult to kind of switch from like having relatively, I would say, comfortable life 
doing uh, one thing to really push towards okay there needs to be a change and like I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get there sure the life has changed big time as I said you know at the beginning like Singapore it's just wild wild ride alcohol great foods and then and, you know not I want to say party I'm not a big party guy but you know all these things like vacations and going to Bali and Indonesia Thailand Hong Kong whatever you want so but yeah it's very different the life is very different now it's like again once you have your own team and you know that there are so many people that are dependent on what you do and your decisions and suddenly it's not only you it's your family and the family is not small when i look around um and you make a today you can make a bad decision and it's going to affect a lot of families lives it's not it's not it's, it's a not very easy. different life it's not easy it's not yeah, easy you got it's a very different life So it's definitely, it's not as easy as before, 100%. So, okay. But it's worth it. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy it. I'm, yeah. Seems like you enjoy it too. And like, that's, that's what drives me. And in the end, like, uh, that's what, that's what I like to, to get into as, as part of uh, this podcast is really to hear the stories of uh, what pe- people need to go through in order to get to like a successful career or an achievement or like, and I think that like, just looking back at what you have uh, as like part of your background, it's, it's very clear that there's been many uh, challenging moments, uh, but they are part of it. And like, if you don't want to go out of of your comfort zone, it's hard to get anywhere. Yeah. 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 But again, like it's, 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 it's different talking to you about it because you've done all the things too. So we're not that, we're not that different. I've done, so. I've done some. Well, but, look uh, around, come on. Like, <laughs> what, the hell, what the hell are we talking about? It's like, this is not, it's not easy to build such a company. It's not, it's not, not, not everybody has the, the it's a fun, it's, it's fun. fun. Exactly. Yeah. You I know, like it. A, it well, has to be part of your life. Let's uh, push hard and have fun. Exactly. Pavel. I wanted to thank you so much for hopping on the podcast and uh, taking the trip from your seat over there. <laughs> It's been a long way. No, thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm like really looking forward to launching uh, Life Penalty very soon, uh, <laughs> seeing it live and been a great partnership, uh, not just with yourself, but also with uh, your team and other partners. And uh, I've enjoyed it tremendously and looking forward to what the future has to offer. Great. Thank you for having me. So this is it. Thank you so much for listening or watching the podcast. I hope that, uh, as always, you have enjoyed it. Any feedback that you might have is greatly appreciated. For me, talking to Pavel, although I see him very often, brought some new points and interesting insights, especially as I'm not that familiar with the movie business. So it was an inspiring one. And as usual, We'll be working hard to continue delivering a great podcast to you. So until then, stay tuned.